0: Man, Whew. Man, was that good worship or what? Good gracious. Let me just say this. I am praying for God to do exactly what we sang in that song, that He would pour out His Spirit on us, and He would pour out revival on the families that are represented here, not only in this room, but those that are watching online, that there would be revival to take place starting today. That's my prayer. I said the same thing to the first service. I'm praying for God to, to get to open up our eyes, to open up our ears, that we might hear what He wants to say to the family today. We know that in our nation, we know that in our world, that the family is under attack as much as it's ever been in a lot of different ways. And some of those are subtle and some of those just over the top, but the the family is under attack. And so we want to pray today that God would do something uh, incredible. I hope, you know, we're calling this life changing prayer. So I'm praying today that there's going to be some life changing prayers that are prayed by you over your family, that you would pray life changing prayers over your family members and those that... Maybe you've even given up on. There may be some of you in here that you've given up on someone and you just feel like, you know what? There's no hope. There's always hope. We just got through sing, sing, singing that he could move mountains that seem impossible, right? And so God can change any heart. And we've got to be willing to continue to fight and continue to pray for our family. We cannot throw in the towel. We cannot let up. We've got to be willing to fight for our family. And that means praying daily. That means praying consistently for them. And so prayer for today, you're going to learn some things about maybe about you that need to be worked on. And then you're going to learn how to pray for your family. So we want to know how do we pray for our family? How do we pray for them? And oftentimes we pray vague. We pray very vague prayers. And sometimes we, uh, we pray with the wrong kind of heart. And so we want to look at that today. So our family is under attack. There's no doubt about it. And so our family is worth fighting for. We've got to have that mentality. You know what? They're worth fighting for. We cannot give up on them. Now, you, there may be some situations where you have to distance yourself from them. And you can pray from them from afar. You can pray from them from a distance. And there may be some situations where you have to say, you know what, I can't be around them right now, but I can definitely pray for them. And I can pray for a change of heart in them, and I can pray for a change of heart in me. And, and we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, I, want you to, I, want, I don't want to give up on my family. I want to pray, and, and I want to fight for them, and I want to I fight a, a good fight for them. So this is out of Nehemiah chapter 4, and this is uh, Nehemiah He's rebuilding the walls. He, you know, he had heard that the walls were torn down. And so he's gotten the supplies together. And so he's, he's rebuilding the wall there in Jerusalem. And, and so he's, he's, you know, he knows that the enemy is trying to attack. You've got guys, uh, you know, in surrounding areas that are saying, Hey, listen, we're going to take this down. And they're making fun of the wall, all kinds of things. And so he knows that attack is coming. He knows that that it's on its way. So they keep talking about it and he's just prepared for that. So we know that our family is under attack, right? We know that it's under attack. We know that it's under attack in our nation and in this world. And so we've got to know, you know, what? we've got to be prepared for that. And so we've got to be willing to fight for our family. Pastor Daniel did a great job last week talking about, you know, the spiritual battles that take place. And he made a point in there. He said, we're on a collision course with the enemy if we are followers of Christ. And if you're a follower of Christ, you've got to know, you know what, the enemy's going to attack. That's his job. But we we just got through singing it again. We serve a God who has already won, right? We serve God who has already given us victory. But too often we walk in defeat, especially in the arena or the area of our family. So let's, let's look at this. He says, So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed area, and I stationed the people to stand guard by families. Armed with swords, spears, and bows. In other words, he said, Hey, listen, I want you, to, I want you and your family to be here, and you're going you're gonna to defend this, this section of the wall, and I really want you to work on the section of the wall that's in front of your house. So, in other words, it's close to home for you. And he's preparing them. He said, Hey, listen, I want you guys to, to work hard here. And he said, Then as I, I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Listen to what he said. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Too often what we do is we live in fear of the enemy. If anything, we ought to to fear God. We fear God and we fear him, if anything, but it's a reverent fear. It's a holy fear, right? But we don't have to live in fear of the enemy. And too often what we do is we live in fear of the enemy and what he's going to do. But we've got to know, you know what, he wants to destroy our family. He wants to destroy our marriage. He wants to destroy our kids. He wants to destroy our witness. He wants to destroy everything about us. That's his job. And so Scripture says here, don't be afraid of the enemy. And it's not the only place in Scripture that says that. But he said, hey, listen, don't be afraid of those that are going to try to attack the wall. But he says, remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. What he saying, hey, listen, fight for your family, right? He said fight for them. But remember the Lord. Remember the Lord who is over all things, who is all powerful, who is all knowing. Remember that he is for us. And if if he is for us, then who can be against us, right? So when you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding that our God will fight for us. And so he drops down into verse 20 there. And he said, hey, listen, if you hear the trumpet blast, and there were guys that were standing there ready to blast the trumpet. And wherever they heard it, it's kind of like an alarm. They knew that's where the battle's at. And, and they would take off there and they would fight. But look at this. Then our God will fight for us. And so me, I'm just saying there needs to be an alertness to us as as moms and dads, as grandmas and grandpas, as aunts and uncles. You know, as, hey, even for our family that maybe is older than us. Maybe you're here and you're you're the young person in your family and your mom and dad is not a believer. You need to be on alert and praying for them. Maybe your grandparents are not believers. You need to be praying for them. Maybe your aunt and your uncle is not a believer. You need to be praying for them. Maybe your cousins are not believers. You need to be praying for them. But I love this. says, then our God will fight for us. So in other words, we've got to be willing to sound the alarm whenever things are not right. And there, there is an attack. We've got to be willing to sound that alarm. But I love this. Says, hey, listen, we'll gather there, but God will fight for us. And so to me, it's just a beautiful picture. When we fight for our families, God fights for us. When we fight for our families on our knees, when we fight for our families in prayer... And we're fighting for our family. God fights for us because there's, there's going to be attacks that will come. There's going to be lies that will be told. The enemy will tell us lies. And if we believe those lies over the truth of God's word, then here's the thing. He, he begins to get a division in there. And oftentimes what he does is he tries to destroy every family he can with lies that they believe over the truth of God's word. And so we've got to know what God's word is so that we know the truth of God's word. Right. And we get to claim God's word. But the thing is, is, the enemy wants to destroy us. But So when we fight for our families, God is fighting for us. He's fighting for you. He's on your team. He's got your back. And if God has got my back, then why am I afraid of the enemy? Why am I not speaking things back to the enemy and praying down strongholds, just like we sang a few minutes ago. And like Wes kind of alluded to, that we're praying down. We're destroying strongholds through the power of prayer. And so life-changing prayers... We'll do that. So praying for our family is the best way to battle for our family. I I think there are times we think, well, I'm just going to go do this. And we kind of have our own idea about what to do. But the best way that you can fight for your family is to be on your knees praying for them. To be on your face praying for them. You know, it's to be, you know, it's to to daily and continually pray for your family. You know, what we want to do a lot of times we want to figure them out, don't we? We can't even figure our our, our, our own self out. But we want to figure everybody else out. We just figure out, well, this is what they need or this is what they need. Why not talk to God who created them, who, who designed them, who put them together and say, God, you know what they need. God, I trust you. Because I can't figure me out and I dang sure can't figure them out. So, God, I'm trusting you who, who knows everything about them. So, God, I want to talk to you about my family. God, I want, I want to come to you and I want to plead before you for my family. I want to fight the enemy through the powers and the weapons that you've given me for my family. That's what I want to do. And so the best way that we can battle for our family is to pray for them. Would y'all agree with that? We may not agree with that, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. When we spend time in prayer, it's the best thing you can do for your family. We've got to be willing to say, God, I want to do what's best. So here's one of the first things we have to do is we have to pray with a pure heart for our family. Because what happens a lot of times is we... You know, we, we're praying these prayers, and we don't understand why these prayers aren't being answered. But the problem is, it's not with our family members. Sometimes it's with us. Our heart's not right. We're praying with an impure heart. We're praying, praying with sin in our hearts. And we wonder why it's not being answered. But the issue may be that our heart is sinful. And we're, we're being selfish, or we're being greedy, or we're being, you know, whatever. And, and we're, we're praying for God to answer a prayer. Maybe, you know, we're wanting something that God does not want for our family member. You know, I joke about this, but like most most parents want their kids to grow up and be doctors or lawyers. That's kind of, you know, a prestigious thing, and they make a lot of money. And I don't know if that's because you're thinking, hey, that's going to be my retirement plan. And if they become those things, then they'll take care of me. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't work that way. But instead, what we do is we pray for those things. And that may not be God's plan, but what we're wanting is we're wanting that for ourselves. So we can tell everybody, hey, my son or my daughter is a doctor, rather than that being God's plan and God's will for our child. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, will you search my heart? Will you show me what's wrong in me? God, am, am I enabling my family to do certain things? Am I am I the problem? Have I got a, maybe a mixed up or a, maybe a, a wrong view of my role as a parent or my role as a child or my role as an aunt or my role as an uncle? You know, God, you know, will you show me what I need to do? Will you really do spiritual surgery on my heart? Because that's where it has to start. And so we have to pray with a pure heart if you really want to see effective prayer. Psalm says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, King David said, you know, God, I want you to search me and I want you to show me if there's any offensive way in me. And so oftentimes when our prayers are not being answered because we are hanging on to sin, you know, we're selfish, we're greedy, we're jealous, we're bitter. We're we've got all these things and we're we're not praying with a pure heart. We're praying with a bitter heart. We're bitter at our spouse. We're bitter at our children. We're bitter at our parents, whatever. And we're praying with this bitterness. And we're not seeing our prayers answered because our heart's not right. And so we've got to be willing to start here. First of all, I can start praying for my kids or my wife or, or my family. I've got to pray for God, to, number one, to show me the condition in my heart. To hold it up before me and say, hey, listen, Mike, this is sin in your life. And let God's Word illuminate those areas that are sin. And hopefully I would be willing to confess that, take ownership of that And confess that to God and repent of that sin. And then, therefore, I can pray with a pure heart. But he says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. He said, hey, listen, man, I did confess my sin. Hey, I did get my heart right. And, man, I prayed and God did listen. And we've got to have that mentality. God, I want to hear from you. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. I love that. Praise God that he answered prayer. And oftentimes I think we need to take the time to look back and see how God has answered our prayer. And we are, you know, we pray for things. Oftentimes God will answer it. We don't even take time to thank Him. It's kind of like the ten lepers who asked Jesus to heal them. You know, Son of David, have mercy on me. And and, and anyway, Jesus heals them, but only one came back to give thanks. And But we should give thanks. We should give praise. And praise God for what He's already done, right? Praise Him for what He's doing currently. And even praise Him for what He's going to be doing in, in the days ahead. But praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. So we've got to pray for God's will for your family to prevail, not our plans. We have a tendency, like I said, we want certain things for our kids. We have an agenda. We have goals for them. We have, you know, all these things that we've kind of planned out. But we've got to say, you know, God, what is your will for my child? God, what is your will for my family? You know, there's oftentimes we, we kind of set things up and we want what we want. But when we're praying for God's will, we've got to be willing to say, God, I want what you want. You know, and maybe your child grows up to not be a doctor or a lawyer, but they end up being a missionary in a foreign land. Or maybe they grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer as a missionary in a foreign land. I've shared before with you the story of a good friend of mine, Pat, who when his daughter was born, he held her up kind of like old Lion King and said, God, you gave her to me. I give her back to you. I commit her to the Lord. And whenever she got older and she married a doctor, it was all looking pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, you know, they, they were, they got married. They were living in Birmingham. He was making a lot of money. And then they came home and said, Hey, listen, we're, we feel like God's called us to be missionaries in Ethiopia. And and so Pat wasn't okay with that. And he called me and as he's talking to me and he's telling me about his frustrations with God, he's going, he goes, Mike, I think I'm, 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 I'm telling myself what I need to hear. I said, yes, you are. If you gave her to God, you've got to trust Him to take care of her in Ethiopia. He goes, "Yeah, but she's taking my grandkids over there too." I said, "I get it, but if you trust them, you trust God, you have got to trust them to Him as well." And so sometimes we've got to be willing to say, "God, I trust You and I trust Your will, I trust Your plans," because I believe that God's plans are best. And we often make plans, but we've got to be say, "Say, God, I, I trust Your will, not my plans, not my plans." You know, and, and surrendering to God's will is tough sometimes. I want to share a video with you here in just a second of a, a young couple that goes to our church and, and, uh, and they got involved in life groups. And, uh, you know, life groups is a great place to kind of connect with other believers. And, and there are times, you know, that maybe our family has not experienced something, but our church family has. And I want you to listen to their testimony and listen to them talk about God's will.
1: Hi, my name is Serena Freeman. This is my husband, Coley.
2: So we started going to life groups right out a year ago, so March.
1: So we experienced two miscarriages between the time that we joined Journey um, to now. Uh, And it was very difficult because no one in my family had experienced that and no one in his family had experienced that. Um, But within our Life group. There was some people that were able to connect with that. Um, so to be able to have that connection um, and just have someone say, "Hey, have you on my heart, praying for you," um, or to know that I have doctor's appointments coming up, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to be praying for you." Um, not necessarily to pray that, "Hey, you are able to have a baby," but also just be able to trust. God's will is the biggest impact from our life group personally.
2: And I think even being able to build off of just the life group itself and just be able to go out just random days and have lunch together, have dinner together um, with some of those people in your community it's nice.
1: We've been able, I feel like, to grow spiritually and know that God's got it in control, whether it takes two months or it takes two years. God's got a plan, and he's walking with us every step of the way.
0: That's so good. And uh, I love their, their honesty and transparency that, hey, um, it's been difficult. And we will go through difficult times. And, uh, but I think for a, as a parent, you know, if my kids were in a life group where other people were praying over them, checking on them, you know, investing in them, Man, as a parent, I'd be blessed by that. And, and so, just for the, to hear them say, you know, one thing we've walked away with is, you know, you know, we're praying for God's will. And sometimes it's tough to surrender what our desires are for what God wants and God's plans. You know, and so I, I love just the testimony that they share there and just their their transparency. And in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven tells us. says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, most of us, you know, we we know that when we kind of hang on to that part right there, right? Uh, But to know that, you know what, God, you have the best for me. You You have the very best for me. God, you have the best for my children. And what you have is so much better than what this world offers. And so why is it that we often, we want our kids to fit in here in this world. And we want we don't want them to ever have to deal with any kind of opposition or any kind of pushback. We want them to kind of fit in. We want them to kind of be molded into this, this, this broken model that we see around us called the world. Rather than the things of God and the kingdom of God. But man, for, for us to say, you know what, God... I'm not really seeking the things of this world. God, I'm seeking Jesus. I want Jesus. That's what every parent, every grandparent ought to be praying. And I would even say this for the young people in here, that maybe you're the believer and your mom and dad's not a believer. You pray the same thing for them. God, give them eyes to see. Give them ears to hear that your best is what they, they need. And look at the rest of this passage here. I love this. It says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And so, man, we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to seek you with my whole heart. God, I want to seek you with everything that's in me. And, and God, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking your will. I'm seeking your truth. I'm seeking your best for my family, no matter who that person in your family may be. So when we pray seeking God's will, we're setting aside what we want and desire, and we're asking for what he desires instead. Man, that's powerful. We're setting aside what we want and what we desire for what God says is best. Now there's times I know some of you are going. But the Bible says that God will give you the desires of your heart. He will. But he meets every need that we have. But he will often sign and say hey listen. I know you may be desiring this. But this is not what's best for you. I've got something better. And sometimes we're able to see. And we'll step back. And maybe hindsight's twenty twenty. You look back and you go. God was, God was looking out for me. He kept me from going in the door that I wanted to go in. it was not the right place. He had his best for me. And so we've got to be willing to relinquish what we feel like is the best. Here's another thing. We have to pray with confidence and thanksgiving. Oftentimes we come before God in prayer and man, we don't even know how to pray really. And so that's why we're doing this today. That's why we've been moving through this series, you know, life changing prayers. We want to equip you guys to pray and God's word. will do that. God's word. will teach you how to pray. And I mean, Jesus gave us the model prayer. It teaches us how to pray and how to pray for his will to come. Not our will. Father, not my will, but your will. You know, we want to see the kingdom come. And so, so we've got to be willing to pray with confidence in Thanksgiving. And I think the way we do that is we equip ourselves and we, we go about it with a different mentality. Our confidence is not in what we bring to the table. It's not how I pray. In other words, it's not that I have to pray this flowery prayer or this very, you know, this amazing prayer. I just have to pray with a pure heart. And I think sometimes we're, we're going, I got to come up with the right words. God knows your heart. You don't have to come up with fancy words. He knows your heart. He knows if it's impure, he knows if there's unconfessed sin in it, he knows your heart. So get your heart right, and then you can pour your heart out before God, right? So we don't have to have fancy prayers, we just have to have a broken and contrite heart. That's what God desires. And so when we come before God in, in our brokenness, man, He he puts us back together and he meets our needs. And so we pray with confidence in what God can do. Remember, it's the all-powerful God that we're praying to. It's the God who has already given us victory. The God who has already won the battle. And so we're praying with confidence in what Jesus has already done. We're praying with that confidence and that hope that we have. And then we're giving thanksgiving. We're we're saying, God, I come before you with thanksgiving and praise. Just like we do in worship, we do that in prayer. We come before God thanking Him for what He's already done. And thanking Him for what He's doing now. And thanking Him for what He's going to do in the days ahead. Thanking Him... In advance of what he's already done. Look at what it says here in Philippians. It says rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. Now that's twice that he said that. So what he said. Hey listen guys. This is really important. You need to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't say when things are going well. It doesn't say when. Hey whenever you know. You got the promotion that you wanted. Or hey whenever you got the. The positive report on the cancer deal. But it says. Hey in all things rejoice. Always rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in who he is. Rejoice in what he's doing. Always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. And listen, this is tough for us to get our mind around because we don't we want things to be we want them to be smooth as silk. Right. We don't want any bumps in the road. We don't want any any challenges. But God uses some of the things that we go through to shape our character, to teach us uh, perseverance, to teach us patience, to show us how much he loves us. And, and so whenever we go through tough situations with our family, we're often going, you know what? Hey, I don't want to have to deal with this. And God said, hey, listen, this is how I'm teaching you. But look at it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. There may be some of you in this room or some that are watching online that you're you're brokenhearted. The Bible says that God is near the brokenhearted. He bandages up their wounds. He he He, he heals them. And so God is near, so we're to rejoice in that. We're re- when we go into our time of prayer, we're rejoicing that God is near. We're rejoicing that He hears us. We're rejoicing that He's showing us the sin in our heart. He's re- we rejoice that, you know what, that He's not done with us. That He's working on us and He's changing us and He's transforming us into the image of Christ. We're rejoicing the fact that He won't quit on us. We're rejoicing the fact that He will not give up. That He's going to fight for us and He's going to do everything He can to heal and amend our brokenness. And so we rejoice in that, Right? But look at this. I love this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's in every situation, what we would consider the good, we're going to praise Him, we're going to rejoice, we're going to, we're going to we're not going to be anxious, we're not going to worry, we're going to trust Him. But in the tough things, the things that we would say that are tough, the things that are hard, the things that we did not see coming, the things that we got blindsided by, He's saying, listen, don't be anxious, don't worry, don't fret. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in other words, you come before God going, God, I thank you that you are a God who can do anything. That you can move any mountain. God, you can heal any disease. God, I come into you thanking you for who you are and that you even want to hear my prayers. And so, God, I want to thank you that you care about the details of my life and you care about my family and you care about the details of my son or my daughter or my mom or my dad or my aunt or my uncle. God, you care about every detail of their life and you love them with an unending love. God, I want to thank you for that, for being that kind of father. And so look at what it says again. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, whenever we're praying with thanksgiving and we're not anxious but we're trusting, so we're coming to him with confidence and thanksgiving, we're literally we're going, yeah, you know what, God has got this. And it gives you a peace. And you go, you know what, God is in control. God has got this. And God is going to do what only God can do. We've got a lady, Miss Van, who works here in our kitchen uh, with our preschool. And, and I would oftentimes come to her and I'd say, hey, listen, if you don't mind me praying for this situation, because it's just a testimony in the making. Now, you know, and what she's saying, hey, listen, don't worry, pastor. God's got this. It's just God is preparing a testimony. And one day you'll be able to stand before God's people and you'll be able to give a testimony about what God has done. But she says it's just a testimony in the making. So whatever you're going through, whatever your family's facing right now, you just got to have that mentality. You know what? It's just a testimony in the making. God has got this. And one day I'll be able to tell people what God has done. So we got to pray continually for our family. It can't be just when things are tough. And that's that tends to be the, the pattern that a lot of people have. It's like, you know, Hey, if things are going good, I'm not praying, but man, whenever things, you know, get, we get blindsided or something happens, all of a sudden we want everybody to pray, you know, and all of a sudden we want to pray. And then we're going, you know, why is God not answering my prayers or why is this happening or whatever? But really we should be praying continually for your family. Look at what it says here. It says no amount of time you spend in God's presence is ever wasted. It's never wasted. So the time that you spend in, in front of God and in his presence, praying for your family, calling them out by name, it's never wasted. Now, we can waste a lot of time watching a movie, right? Or a football game or a basketball game or, or you know, anything like that. We can waste a lot of time. You know, and used to, you know, it'd be two and a half hours and we watch a the movie, they get longer, it seems like. But some of you guys that, are, that have been around, you know, Gone with the Wind was a long one, too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, stuff like that. So all those kind of old movies, they're still, they're, you know, it can, we could can waste a lot of time. And there's, a lot of times we've watched that movie 10 or 15 times. Don't you think one or twice was would be good enough, but we'll watch movies over and over. And that's just wasting time. But that time is gone. It's gone forever. But the time that you spend in front of God is never wasted. The time that you spend in prayer is never wasted. It's never wasted. And so we need to get our our mind around that. You know, me going to the Father in prayer is never wasted. It says never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Again, good, bad, doesn't matter. But never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You want to know God's will? To be praying without ceasing. Be praying for every situation. You know, and trusting God in that. Praying for God and being thankful in every situation. That's God's will for our life. So pray scripture over your family. Claiming God's promises. You might say, well, Mike, I don't know a lot of Scripture. Well, then learn it. You know, spend some time in God's Word. Begin to read it. Begin to memorize it. There's there's verses in here today that you go, you know, that would be a good one to memorize. You know, and I know we don't memorize phone numbers anymore. You know, we punch them in and we just pull up the person's name or we tell Siri to call whoever. But there's certain things that you still memorize. And if it's not, then, hey, you're, lo- you're losing an art or a skill that you have. And you need to work it. So take Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Hey, you know what? I'm going to memorize that. But take Scripture and, and, and re- remember that Scripture. Or take out God's Word. And just get the Bible and say, you know what? God, I'm going to pray this verse over my child. I'm going to pray this verse over my spouse. I'm going to pray this verse over my mom. I'm going to pray this verse over my dad. I'm going to claim these Scriptures in the name of Jesus Christ over my mom and dad. And the Bible says that the Word of God never returns void. It always accomplishes its task according to God. And so when we pray scripture over our families, rather than just our feelings or emotions, we're praying truth. We're praying truth over our family. We're speaking truth. We're speaking life over our family. So pray scripture over your family, claiming God's promises. Here's one that I love. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. So for me, to pray that over my children or over my family is to say, you know what? You are a masterpiece. God didn't make any junk, right? And to go, you are a masterpiece. And, and to me, when I think of a masterpiece, man, it's something that's unique. It's a, it's a work of art. It's in, incredible. And every one of us, everybody in this room, everybody watching online, every one of us, we are a masterpiece. You know, in God's eyes, he loves us. He wants, he wants a relationship with you through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. you're not a mess up. You're not a mistake. You're a masterpiece that he loves and he wants a relationship with you. He's created us anew in Christ. For those of us that have put our faith in Christ, he wants us to do good works. And he's got those kind of set up. There's there's people over right now in a class called the serve class that are learning what their gifts are. They're learning how they're shaped for ministry, what their spiritual gifts are, what their heart is, what they love to do, what their abilities are, what, you know, some things, skills that maybe they've learned, their personality, maybe where they fit best and their experiences. So they're figuring out what their shape is for ministry so they can go do some of the good works to help build up the body of Christ. I walked over, and I told them, hey, man, I'm so thankful you guys are in here. I was upstairs in between the services watching our our production team and our worship team, and all of them asking, hey, here's some things we need to work on to make this one better for you guys and for God as well. Because we wanted y'all to have an experience where you experience the God of the universe. And I'm sitting there watching them, stand around that room, and I'm like, man, that's so awesome. You know, that all these people use their gifts to good, good works that God had planned for them to do. And I'm just telling you, your family, you... God has given you a gift, a spiritual gift. If you're a believer, He's placed within you a spiritual gift that you can use to help build up the body of Christ. And it may be the people that you will serve and you'll make the biggest difference in is your family. By using your gifts, instead of sitting on them, you begin to use them. And your family goes, you know what? They really do love God. They really believe in the kingdom of God. They really believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they go, you know what? I want what they have. So you using your gifts may be what they need to see. Because God has planned some things for you to do and them as well. Now, this is a Paul, this is a prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesians. But let me just say this. I believe this could be an incredible prayer for every parent in here to pray and every grandparent in here to pray over their family. Every aunt and uncle to pray over their their nephews and nieces. But I think this is a very powerful prayer that he is telling, he's praying over them. He said this, he said, when I think of all this and whatever he's, what he's talking about is that he is the messenger of the gospel to the Gentiles. And he's talking about how God had worked that out, how God has opened up the door, not only to the Israelites, but to, to the Jews, but also to, to, the, to everybody, to the Gentiles. And he said, man, when I think about this, I'm blown away. But look at what he says here. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything, heaven and on earth. Now, what he's saying is, man, I'm taking it to a whole nother level. And so th- the people of the day would often pray standing. Remember, we were talking about Nehemiah a while ago, building the wall around Jerusalem. Well, the, the Jewish people will still go and stand at a wall, and they will pray, and they stand and pray. They stand and pray, and they'll rock back and forth, and they'll stand and pray. But whenever what Paul is saying, he goes, "Man, I fall to my knees." In other words, it's an intensity that I kind of ramp it up. I go a little bit more sincere, a little bit more in depth in this time of prayer. And he goes, "I'm desperately praying." So he says, "So I fall to my knees." And I'm just telling you, I believe that God is calling some of you to fall to your knees in prayer over your family. That you move it to the next level in passion, in fervency, and you begin to pray on your knees. You get on your knees. It's not just, hey, I'm driving down the road, God, bless my family today. Not these flippant prayers, not these vague prayers, but you get on your knees and you go do battle for them. And you get on your knees and maybe you even get on your face and you get on your face before God and you lay out before him and you plead to God to just change the heart of your family. But you say, God, start with me. Change my heart first. Show me what needs to change in me. I keep pointing out everything that's wrong in my family. But God, I know there's things wrong in my heart. Because often what we do is we worry about the speck in someone else's life. When, I Whenever we've got a log in our own eyes, what scripture says. God, search me and show me what I need to die to. And maybe we just need to get on our knees and maybe we just lay down and we literally lay on our face and say, God, I want you to move and I want you to pour out revival on my family. And so we've got to be willing to have that mentality. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. We need to be praying that our, our children, that our family is filled with the spirit of God. And look at what Paul is praying. He's praying for the Ephesians. He's saying, guys, man, I'm praying that God's going to pour out His Spirit on you. I pray in here every Sunday morning, God, pour out Your Spirit on this church. Pour out Your Spirit on us, God, and let us walk out of here, Lord, different. Every time we gather, God, let it be different. Let us be different this week than we were last week. Let us apply the truth that we've heard today, God, and let us make a difference in the lives of people. But We've got to have the Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Men, the one thing we need to be praying for our children, our family, whoever it might be, is that they will come to know Christ. That's the thing that matters most. It's not what they accomplish in this life. It's not what they get their degree in. It's not where they work at. It's not how much money they make. It's not how much stuff they buy. It is what they do with Jesus Christ. It's what they do. Do they accept him or do they reject him? Men, if they accept him, it changes everything. And he comes and lives with them and says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. you grow down and begin to understand the love of God. And, man, you'll be strong. And no matter what battles come, moms and dads, you ought to be praying for your kids. That no matter what comes, there will be opposition. They're on a collision course with the enemy. enemy. You know, whenever the, the, those things come, they will stand firm because they're built on the Word of God. They have faith in Jesus Christ. They've been saved. They've been born again. They're not just going through the motions, but, man, they know Him. And they see you passionately praying for them. That's what they need to see. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. Moms and dads, grandmoms and grandpas, we need to be praying that our kids will understand how much God loves them. Not how much we love them. We always want them to know how much we love them. We need to make sure they know how much God loves them. Amen. He loves them with an everlasting love. And that we need to pray for that. May you experience the love of Christ, through, though it is too great to understand fully. In other words, we won't really understand how much God loves us and how much Christ loves us this side of heaven. There will be a day when we will understand. But what he's saying, he lives as much as you can. I want you to understand how much God loves you. He says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We need you be praying for our families And our family members, man, that they're filled with the power of God. They're not pushed around by life so easily. They're not pushed around by everybody around them. Not the latest teaching or the latest thinking that comes out. But, man, they have the power of God at work in them. That's how we ought to be praying for our family. That they're not drawn to everything that's out there. But they're drawn by the Spirit of God to God. Now all glory to God who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And I would just say this, most of us as parents, we pray for our kids, we can ask for a lot. But God says He can do more than we can ask or even think or imagine. And so grandparents and grandmas, I'll I'll, I'll tell y'all, grandpas and grandmas, I'll tell y'all the same thing. Pray that over your children, over your grandchildren, over your great-grandkids. That they would want to, to know Christ, they would come to know Christ. Pray for their salvation daily, consistently. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's look at this. So pray that your family is filled with the spirit. God's word is clear, right? I mean, we just read it. Paul's praying that for the church at at Ephesus there. And so we need to be praying that. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Pray that your kids are led by the spirit of God. And so whenever the spirit of God is within us, man, he goes before us praying for us. He even counsels them. When you don't know how to counsel your kid, the Holy Spirit does. When they're going through a tough situation at school and you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit does, and He knows how to pray for them in ways that you don't know how to pray for them. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts, and you, as you trust in Him, and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Let your children see, and your grandchildren see that the most important thing in your life is Jesus. It's not getting on the cheer squad. It's not making the football team or the baseball team or the basketball team. But it's really what they do with Jesus. And they need to hear that from a parent and a grandparent. That that's the most important thing. Because too often in this world, we tell them it's not. Pray that your family will know how much God loves them. They need to know how much God loves them. We, we, We read that, didn't we? I mean, look at this. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. You know, my prayer every Sunday... Is those of you that are sitting in here, and those of you that are watching online, that you will understand somehow, some way, through a song, or through a message, or through a through a through a passage, or whatever, that God loves you, and He wants a relationship with you, and He wants to change your life for the better. He wants to heal your brokenness, man. He wants to do incredible things in you and through you. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to, under, to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. All of it comes from God. So here's the thing. It says make a declaration over your family. And and I don't know if you understand what that is. But a declaration is you're declaring something. You're making a statement. Uh, You're you're making a declaration over your family. You're you're, you're making a a choice, if you will. And I want to show you. This is what Joshua did. And many of you guys are familiar with this passage. So Joshua is speaking to the people. And, you know, God has... Has allowed Joshua to be the one to lead them into the promised land. And and he's, he's, and, and he's seeing, you know what, man, they're drifting. They're, they're, they're losing focus. And he's addressing some issues here. He says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. And so he's making that statement. Here's what I would just say to you guys. You know, there's times in my life I have to look back at my family, my mom, my dad, my grandparents. And I realized, you know what, they worship some things that I don't need to be worshiping. And maybe it was stuff. Or maybe it was careers. Or maybe it was whatever. Pleasure. You know, whatever it might have been. And I've got to look back at that and say, you know what? I'm not choosing those things to worship. I'm going to choose to serve the Lord. And I would just say to some of you guys, you've got to be willing to look back and say, you know what, I look back at my mom and dad. I love my mom and dad and I love my grandparents. But I look back and I see that there were things that they chose that were wrong. There were things that they taught that were wrong. And what we've got to be willing to do is look into God's words and say, God, I want your truth, not what was handed down, you know, generationally. But God, I, w- I want to know what is eternal. And so some of us in this room, we've got to be willing to look back and make a choice and say, you know what, I'm not going to choose to do what my mom and dad did. And I'm not going to just say, well, that's what I was raised in, so that's what I'm going to do. You can say, you know what, by the power of God, I'm going ch- to make a better choice. I'm going to choose the things of God. And so... So it says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Now look at what he says here. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. So in other words, he said, hey, listen, it's just time to put up or shut up. You know, Revelation pretty much says the same thing. Jesus says in Revelation, either be hot for the world or either hot for the kingdom of God. But whenever you try to straddle the fence and you try to do a little bit of both, you're just lukewarm and you make me want to vomit. That's what Jesus says make me want to puke to so either be on fire for the world or be on fire for God so that you're not causing so many people to struggle and stumble because you say that, Hey man, I love Jesus, but you live like hell. So what he's saying, Hey, listen, make a choice, make a declaration. One or the other. Who's what side are you going to be on? Is what he's saying. That's what Joshua said. Would you prefer the gods, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? He said, listen, do you want that? Is that, is that what you want? Do you, and what, so what Jesus said, hey, do you want the world? If you want the world, then go there. It's a choice. I'm not forcing you to choose me. He said, I'm just, I'm telling you, hey, you got to make a choice. there has got to be one or the other. Or it will be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live in. What he's saying there is, hey, listen, maybe you're going to choose that. And then he says, hey, or maybe you're going to say, I'm going to choose what's here because this, this is what I really like. I don't want what my mom and dad have, but I like what the world is selling over here. And so I'm going to choose that. But look at what he says. He says, But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So what Joshua does right there is he makes a declaration. He says, hey, listen, you choose whatever you want to choose. He says, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what I'm choosing. And he's making a declaration. He's saying it before all of Israel. And so I would just say to you guys, I think today would be a good day to make a declaration and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You might say, well, Mike, you don't understand. My kids are not walking with Jesus. Doesn't matter what we do is we're claiming them. And you're saying, you know what? I believe that God is a God of restoration. I believe that it's God who redeems. I believe that God is going to go after them. And I'm claiming that. And I'm going to say, God, use me. Start here first. Start right here first. Use me, God. Change me and maybe they will see that there's something real about this walk with you. Start right here. And so we make that declaration. God, I want to be in love with you like nothing else. God, nothing compares to you. I want to love you like that. And so God, come and work in me, and maybe God would use you as a witness to your family. And maybe one day they would go, you know what? I want what he's got, or I want what she's got, and I want to know Christ in that way. And so let me give you a couple quick steps, and we're going to be done. Commit to pray daily for your family. This is not something you just pray every once in a while. Pray daily. And I would say consistently throughout that day, as God brings them to mind, you pray for them. So pray daily. And I would say pray specifically for them by name. So you take each child or each aunt or each uncle or whatever it might be, and I want you to pray for them by name and because you know their character and you know their qualities and you know their gifts and you know things about them. So don't just say, God, I want you to bless my family today. That's a vague prayer. Get specific and begin to pray down them by name. Pray scripture over them. Pray over them. Pray those promises over them. Pray scripture over them. Just say, God, I'm I'm praying for this child today, and I'm praying for him by name. I'm praying for this cousin today, and I'm praying for him by name. And let me tell you, it may take you more than about five minutes of prayer. It may take you a little while to go down the list of everybody that God's put on your heart and to really battle for them. You've got to be willing to put in the time. And I would say this one. Pray believing. we've got to pray with a pure heart and we've got to pray believing. We've got to pray with a pure heart. We've got to make sure that our heart's right. And then we've got to pray believing that you know what God can move mountains. We sing it, do we believe it? And so God, I'm believing that You're going to save my family. God, I'm believing that You're going to heal my family. God, I'm believing that You're going to restore my family. We've got to believe those things. We've got to pray believing. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Man, I just want to encourage you to maybe take it to the next level today. Maybe for some of you, today is a step that you need to take, and you know that. Maybe it's time to hit your knees. Just to get on your knees and say, God, I, I, need, you to, I need you to fix my heart. My heart's broken. My heart's messed up. My heart's not pure. Maybe it's kind to take it to the next level and get on your knees and pray for your family. By name, specifically. I just want to encourage you just to trust Him. Trust Him completely. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. Let me tell you, that's the most important prayer you could pray. You need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe you died for my sins. Jesus, I believe you have the power not only to forgive me and to heal me, but God, you want to use me. And I believe in the the same power that was used to resurrect your life is available to me. And God, I believe that with all the faith that I've got. And so Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life and I surrender my life to you if you're here in the room and you prayed that prayer, man, if you don't mind, just raise your hands and say, Mike, I just prayed that with you. I just prayed for Jesus to come into my life. Anybody. If you're watching online, text us and let us know. Just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've blown it. I have thrown so much away. So, Jesus, I come to you today confessing my sin, repenting of it, and turning to you. And I believe that you can change me. I believe you can save me. If that's your prayer, we want to know. I believe there's people in this room that, man, you've given up on your family man, I want to encourage you, don't give up. I want to challenge you to fight for them. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. God does not quit on you. So don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on anything. But be willing to fight for it. Be willing to pray for it. Consistently, daily. The worship team is going to lead us in a song of response. And I'm just challenging you. Make a declaration today. And maybe I know some of you are, it's tough to walk an aisle. There's something about getting on your knees at an altar. If you have to make your chair an altar, get down by your chair and get on your knees. If you can, physically. If you can't, get in whatever posture God will allow you to get into. But let it be a declaration of God, I want to take things to the next level. If you're at home, get, get on your knees. Just say, God, I need you to work in my family. I want to ask everybody across the room, if you would, just to stand. Everybody stand. You just respond as the Lord leads. The worship team will lead us. No time spent before the Father is wasted. Don't ever feel like I prayed and it was wasted. Never wasted. It's never wasted. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. And God, I believe in in my heart that, God, that there was revival that took place in hearts in this room and those watching online. God, I believe in my heart that, God, you're working in families today, right now. God, I believe that some made a declaration today. And, God, that things will be different moving forward, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It just means they're focused on the one who wins. And so, God, I pray that today, Father, you would begin to stir something in our hearts that we will not let let just go away. But, God, that we would walk out of here seeking to apply the truths that we've heard. Father, we would claim that passage that Paul prayed over the Ephesians. And, God, we would pray that over our family. God, use us as your vessels this week. God, change us. Start with our heart first. And God, show us how to pray for our family and give us a passion for seeing them love you. Father, thank you for loving us so much. We don't fully understand it, but God, help us to grow in that understanding day by day until we breathe our first breath of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.